0: You are listening to the Wellness and Hospitality Podcast with Sona Luberoi, episode number two, The Three Common Fallacies. Welcome to the Wellness and Hospitality Podcast, where it's all about genuine wellness, true hospitality and real people. I'm your host, global wellness expert, life coach and author, Sona Luberoi. Wellness sounds like this new craze, but how come most mainstream hoteliers only report a Miagra 1 to 3% of total hotel revenue from their wellness offering? In today's episode, I'd like to talk about these three common fallacies about wellness and hospitality and how they have led hoteliers down unhelpful paths. I will also show you how you can bypass these three common fallacies and actually have success with wellness. Traditionally, hoteliers know that wellness is something they need to offer, but they haven't quite figured out the right formula to tap into its full potential. They continue to struggle to define their wellness offering in a way that helps them stand out from the competition and also makes them money without a sizable capital outlay. The main areas traditional hoteliers struggle with when it comes to wellness are firstly, concept, second, people. And third, performance. So let's take a closer look at concept. They lack a clearly defined wellness concept. There is often little to no difference between one hotel's wellness offering and the other's next door. Their wellness facilities have grown organically over time and have been squeezed into any available space to maximize revenue per square meter. If we look at the second area hoteliers struggle with, people, they lack the right expertise and people to do wellness properly in their hotels. They struggle to find qualified and experienced talent that their wellness profit and loss can't sustain. So what they end up doing is promoting underqualified staff to oversee their wellness operations without any management training or tools. And as a result, these operations become a constant source of headache. And the third area hoteliers struggle with is performance. The ambition. Invest large sums in building grand facilities, large hydrothermal areas, fully equipped spa suites, beautiful treatment rooms, state of the art gyms, only to find later that they have a heavily subsidized operation with high overheads and a return on investment that does not match the expectations. The reason these traditional hoteliers struggle with these areas is because they have fallen victim to one or more of the three common fallacies around wellness and hospitality. That is false perceptions, false economies, and false profits. And each of these fallacies, along with its own set of associated myths, is the result of a traditional mindset that has led hoteliers on unhelpful paths. So let's take a closer look at each of these fallacies and the associated myths. The first, false perceptions. A common fallacy around wellness and hospitality is false perceptions. This fallacy leads traditional hoteliers to mistakenly believe that wellness is not a lucrative option for them to fully explore. And as a result, they either under-invest in the wellness offering, treat it as an amenity to their core business, or stick to what they know best, selling rooms and food and beverages and conference spaces. The myths that lead them down the unhelpful path of false perceptions are it's only one to three percent of revenue. The traditionists believe as wellness is only a small part of their overall business, it doesn't make sense for them to concentrate on it. As a result, they underinvest in their wellness offering, dedicating little time attention and resources to it. They still focus on external and very visible trappings to impress the guests, for example, a grand lobby, rather than on giving guests a holistic experience. Now, with this mindset, they attract a less loyal customer who's looking for the next good deal instead of a unique experience, a customer who is not willing to spend more. So, traditionist wellness offerings continue to underperform, The traditionists can Continue to underinvest and the vicious cycle continues. Now, the way to bypass this myth, it's only 1% to 3% of revenue, is to take on the innovators' mindset. The innovators think it's what will keep us in business. In my first episode, In episode one, I talked about the hotelier of the future, how the hotelier of the future is forward-thinking, audacious and legacy-oriented. For me, the hoteliers of the future have an innovative mindset. So these innovators think it is what will keep us in business. The innovate to see wellness as the opportunity to pivot and respond to changing market conditions. They understand that wellness generates not only direct revenue but also substantial indirect revenue through higher occupancy, average rates, average spend, and length of stay. They tap into a more discerning client who looks for quality wellness experiences, spends more in their restaurants, stays longer, and repeats if the experience is right. Innovators outperform the competitors because they look beyond the direct revenues of the wellness offering, that is beyond the sale of massages, retail products, memberships, and instead explore the full potential of what responding to this global wellness-conscious movement can do for their overall business. Just like in the case of Greg's, I talked about the Greg's case study in episode one. The second myth that feeds from the false perceptions fallacy is it's just another amenity. The traditionists believe their main business is selling room nights, food and beverages, and conference spaces. They classify their wellness offering as an amenity department that supports their core business. Their business strategy focuses on using their wellness offering to sell more room nights. For example, a special Valentine's offer offer a free couples massage of the weekend stay. As a result, they rarely have wellness offerings that stand out from those of their competitors and the guests receive the same cookie-cutter hospitality experience in every hotel of the same category. Traditionists' wellness offerings continue to be ordinary, minor operating departments instead of strong revenue generators. Now, the hoteliers of the future with the innovative mindset think it's why our guests come to us. These innovators know their guests don't come to the hotel because of its rooms or fancy bars. Their guests choose this hotel because they Want to live remarkable experiences and to feel special. The innovators understand that these remarkable experiences are delivered by precisely these value added options. The innovators design the entire offering around putting their guests front and center instead of selling room nights. The innovators thoughtfully design their offering to respond to the guests' desire to lead a well lifestyle, and as a result, they deliver wellness experiences that are authentic, memorable, and shareable experiences their guests can't find at the hotel next door. The last myth that feeds from the fallacy of false perceptions is. We're in the hospitality business, not the wellness business. The traditionists believe they're in the hospitality business and not the wellness business, and hence they opt for a third-party spa operator to manage the entire wellness offering for them. They avoid the liability of managing the spa and gym themselves, which for them constitutes the entire wellness offering, and of incurring the upkeep costs of such a complex business. Traditionists therefore have parts of the wellness offering run under different brands to that of the hotel, with different brand values and a different vibe that doesn't quite match the rest of their in-hotel experience. And as a result, they deliver their guests substandard and fragmented experiences. The hotelier of the future, that is the innovators, however, say we are in the business of hospitality. The innovators believe they're in the business of hospitality for them. Hospitality is about delivering the guests authentic, holistic and memorable experiences. And as innovative and forward-thinking hoteliers, their job is to ensure their guests live these remarkable experiences. They control each part of the guest's journey so that their guests live seamlessly perfect and integrated experiences. Just as Greggs didn't change its core business from bakery to vegan food specialist, the innovators don't change the core business from landmark experience providers to wellness gurus. Instead, as hospitality experts, they understand that wellness is an integral part of how they deliver their guests the landmark experiences they desire. The next common fallacy around wellness and hospitality is false economies. This fallacy leads to traditional hoteliers to stretch the resources too thinly, mistakenly thinking they're saving money. The band-aid solutions of this short-term strategy cost the business much more than the original cost of proper investment, alienating guests and denting the hotel's image in the process. The first myth that feeds of the fallacy of false economies is, I practice wellness in my real life, so I know the wellness business. Traditionists who practice wellness in their own lives feel qualified to use these personal preferences as a benchmark and guiding principle when setting up their wellness offerings. They mistakenly believe their guests have the same wellness needs as they do and they're looking for the same solutions. I remember one general manager of an all inclusive luxury resort who was a triathlete and had trained for years. He thought that because he practiced sport, he knew how to restructure the gym. So he set it up according to his training preferences. After several guest complaints, he realized the expensive way that the gym did not meet the training needs of a guest on holiday in an exotic destination. The hoteliers of the future... These innovators, however, think I practice wellness in my real life so I know how complex wellness is. The innovators realize that Everyone is different and so are their wellness needs. They might practice wellness in their day-to-day lives, but they understand that their wellness needs and well-being problems are personal and different from their ideal guests. For them, it is what their guests want that matters, not what they as individuals want. They study their guests' wellness needs and design the right wellness offering to give the guests what they're looking for. Just as Greg's didn't create the vegan sausage roll based on the general manager's preferences, innovators don't design their wellness offerings based on their own likes and dislikes. The second myth that feeds off the false economy's fallacy is we don't need to pay for expert help. We can do it ourselves. The traditionalists strive to streamline costs and optimize resources. To save money, they rely on the skill, expertise, and experience of the in house talent to design their wellness offering. They believe that if they have an experienced spa or wellness director, they will automatically make wellness successful or that they can leverage the passion of their less knowledgeable staff to get by. They learn the hard way that wellness goes beyond this bar and that passion alone can't replace expert know-how. By then, however, they have incurred more costs fixing their wellness offering than the expert fees they would have incurred originally. A classic error is to have poorly designed facilities that negatively impact guest experience, for example, a treatment room right next door to a children's play area. The hoteliers of the future, that is, the innovators, however, think, if we don't pay for expert help, it'll cost us more later. The innovators view the hotels as businesses with immense potential that deliver healthy returns on investment like few others. They think ahead and understand the importance of doing things right from the outset and are unwilling to incur the substantial costs of doing things on the cheap. They pay for the necessary expert input to do things properly. They work together with their experts and take their time to create the right wellness concept. They don't jump into large investments, building facilities or creating offerings that won't work for their hotel. The innovators instead invest in developing the right system and processes so that their teams can do their jobs properly and deliver the guests these landmark experiences. The last myth that feeds from the false economy's myth is it's the therapist's job to sell wellness. Now, traditionists want their sales team to focus on selling room nights and pushing groups, conferences and weddings. For them, it's the spa's job to sell wellness. They believe that since the therapists aren't performing back-to-back treatments during their shift, they should make themselves useful and sell their wellness and sell wellness in their downtime. I remember distinctly not so long ago that I was sitting in front of a hotel manager that I was reporting into and she asked, me, why can't our therapists work at 99% productivity? We're doing something wrong if they're not working at full productivity. So traditionists have unhappy therapists who eventually leave because they're given tasks they don't enjoy or don't have the skills to perform. For example, standing in the lobby or outside the breakfast outlet to sell treatments. By trying to optimize resources, these traditionists actually spend more in hiring and training new therapists and they continue to struggle to sell wellness. The hoteliers of the future, that is the innovators, however, think my sales team don't sell the hotel in bits and pieces. They sell the entire hotel. The innovators view the hotel as one big ecosystem that comprises a number of different products, each equally important. They know that what makes them money is not one product, but the entire product ecosystem. Hence, their sales teams sell the whole ecosystem instead of picking and choosing parts of it. They also understand that sales is a specialist field and requires professionals who have experience in sales and have trained for this specialization. They place the right professionals in each position. They understand that the therapist's skill set and expertise lies in helping guests achieve their well-being goals by providing outstanding wellness experiences. Their expertise does not lie in selling treatments. The innovators therefore have happy staff who do what they love to, happy guests who repeat their custom, and a hotel that reaches sales targets. The last common fallacy around wellness and hospitality is false profits. This fallacy leads hoteliers to think they're making more profits, when in reality the gain in short-term profits comes at an opportunity cost in the long term. As a result, they fail to create a robust asset ecosystem because they focus on swift gains instead of solid and steady profits, the doomed acid-light approach I talked about in episode one. This false profit's common fallacy then sets off its own set of myths. The first myth being, it's a compensation tool, nothing more. The traditionists believe that because hotels are people-centered businesses, service blunders and unhappy guests are inevitable, what matters, therefore, is not the blunder in service, but how the team manages the situation. Their strategy for attracting guests relies heavily on achieving high rankings on platforms such as Booking.com and TripAdvisor. Whenever there is an angry guest due to a broken shower or other service blunder, they believe it is more profitable to give a treatment for free instead of taking the risk of having their ranking pulled down by a negative review. However, the temporary solution for bad service eventually paves the way for much bigger losses because they don't solve the problem in the first place. The hoteliers of the future, that is the innovators, however, think I'd rather fix the problem than compensate angry guests. The innovators preempt service blunders and unhappy guests by putting the necessary checks in place. They systematically correct and fix things that aren't working so they never come to the point of making their guests angry and having to compensate them. For the innovators, Offering guests freebies is putting a plaster on a festering wound that only sets off a chain of incrementally harmful internal and external problems. These innovators believe that using a strong revenue generator like the Wellness Offering as a compensation tool is not good business practice and it only devalues their asset ecosystem. And as a result, they have happier teams and guests and they enjoy solid returns on investment. The next myth set off by the false profits fallacy is, I'll just copy what they're doing. That will bring the guests in. The traditionists think they'll pull in more clients by copying what another seemingly successful hotel is doing with its wellness offering – They believe that if an offering is working for that hotel, it will magically work for theirs too. However, they disregard the reality of the apparently similar hotel, its different owners, team, rules and regulations, target audience and so on. And the way in which the differences impact the success of its wellness offering. They forget that the success of a concept in one hotel does not guarantee its success in another. The traditionalists get sidetracked by influencer predictions, shiny equipment, and trending therapies, thinking these will help their wellness offerings stand out and increase value. The hoteliers of the future, that is the innovators, however, believe the following what works there won't necessarily work here. The innovators know it is the unique way of doing wellness in their hotel that differentiates them from the rest the way in which they deliver wellness will attract a discerning guest who is willing to pay a premium for a quality wellness experience. So they focus on making every guest's experience so special and memorable that guests want to share their experiences with their networks, a demographic that is similar to that of the hotel's ideal guest. The innovators therefore have a loyal, committed and engaged following that promotes their hotel without being incentivized to do so. They create concepts that are authentic and integral to the asset ecosystem and true to their essence. They don't borrow from others. The final myth around wellness and hospitality is wellness is not a big enough market. The traditionists build their entire property and offerings, hotel rooms, large conference spaces, small gyms, several food and beverage outlets around one predominant target audience, business travel. They make their property rigid and inflexible to changing market conditions by essentially positioning themselves as just another hotel with the same offering. When business travel came to a practical standstill during the 2020 pandemic, these hotels' brick and mortar businesses came to a screeching halt overnight because they'd become over-reliant on a demographic that was previously very profitable, but that had suddenly stopped buying. The traditionists, therefore, were left with facilities that were irrelevant or obsolete, prompting them to massively discount prices and to scrunch for the scarce available custom. The innovators, however, the forward-thinking, the hotelier of the future, That is, the innovators, however, believe the following. Wellness is the new corporate segment. The innovators future-proof their hotels by diversifying their reach instead of becoming over-reliant on a decreasing market segment like business travel. They look at the guests' entire journey and consider the defining key moments from before their guests arrive to long after they have left, and they explore non-traditional revenue streams to continue to engage with their guests and to sell more. Just as Gregs realized they could no longer be over-reliant on the decreasing meat-eating segment... The innovators recognize that if they don't respond to the increasingly wellness-conscious travelers' needs and pivot their businesses, they will soon become obsolete or have no place in the new normal. So these are the three common fallacies around wellness and hospitality, each with their own set of myths that have traditionally led hoteliers down unhelpful paths. These three common fallacies are one of the main reasons why most hoteliers report in Miagra 1 to 3% of their total hotel revenue from their wellness offerings. However, we can also see how the innovative and forward-thinking hoteliers, the hoteliers of the future, how they think differently and as a result, enjoy a very different reality with their wellness offerings. So a little takeaway from today's episode. It's the shift in mindset that sometimes makes all the difference. If you treat wellness as an amenity, it will always be an amenity and it will always perform as an amenity. I wish you all a wonderful day ahead. Thank you for tuning in to my podcast. If you want to know whether your hotel is ready to meet the growing demand for wellness experiences, both for your guests and your employees, then my Essence Scorecard is the perfect tool for you. Head over to spa-balance.com forward slash Essence Scorecard and get yourself a free and accurate temperature reading of your hotel's readiness to meet the wellness needs of your people and your guests. It's a valuable self-audit that not only helps you create a profitable wellness asset, but also promote a culture of genuine wellness for your team.